0: Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Eddie and Matt Outkick Their Coverage. This is our last of our 2019 draft reaction episodes and we'll be doing our best not to but fumble the AFC South. I'm going to start us off with uh, my my focus from the Colts, which was Jackson Barton, the offensive tackle out of Utah in round 7. Coming to the draft, he had a few detractors uh, and I don't want to focus on them, I'm just going to go and say what I saw. Uh, He's a sturdy run and pass blocker uh, that can look a little lost when he's pulling on run plays uh, there seemed to be a few design players where he was a, where he, we were chop blocking or nut blocking. Uh, chop blocking is where you go for someone's knees. Nut blocking is when you go for someone's nuts. Um, I'm neither. I, I'm, I'm a fan of, of neither of those. I think it's, it's, it's very unprofessional. You're going for someone's knees. You're taking out the livelihood. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, on the occasion where he had the choice of two players, he bought and picked the right player to block and gave his quarterback the highest chance of survival. Hopefully he can keep developing into a decent player and make a fifty-three-man roster. But really, he needs to work on his footwork, or I hope, uh, or I hope he's got a decent academic uh, degree to fall back on, uh, Eddie. Well,
1: um, with regards to that, you don't expect the chop blocking or the nut blocking from the offensive line, it's from the smaller players like your running backs. Yeah, that's sort the odd chop block. And i watching some running back playing obviously athletes were bad then, but if it's a hundred and ninety, three hundred pound man doing
0: it, it's really dangerous. It seems like design players where they're just all all five line linemen are just sort of go some go at everybody's knees or go at everybody's nuts, it's like, well That's disgusting. It just sort of like lives out It's bang board, it really is. Yeah. Right. Well hopefully Utah have a losing record next season.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Indianapolis the Indianapolis Colts, we'll get there in the end um and i've again same as last week i've just picked three players per team in the division just to have a little bit more focus on them for you and in round two they picked up ben banagou a defensive end out of tcu the colts biggest need coming into the draft was the pass rush so a second round pick of banagou it made sense um it made some waves at the combine due to breaking the defensive end broad jump record which obviously any record you break is always good but I will say his explosiveness on, explosiveness on tape isn't quite as um, big as I've read. Some people have said, I've obviously looked at articles, I've read about people, an explosion was some people said was one of the big parts of his game. But from what I saw, comparing him to other defensive ends, I didn't as see as it. As no. it. I mean, it, it was okay. You can see his athletic and his length helps him out. Like in the run game, because it's quite long, his his lateral movement helps him to get to players. His length helps him wrap up, and he does tackle quite well. He's willing to play the run. So against run he's pretty decent, similar to Daniil Hunter in that respect. With you know being athletic, willing to play the run, but I think that's the uh, comparison everyone gives if someone's athletic. <laughs> uh, he did struggle against the savvier tackles just due to the fact that um, his pass rush plans a little bit limited. But I, I think that's been a constant, you know. The pass rush plan of this player is not very good, and I just think it's college football. They're not full-time players, they're not working on the plans as much. Obviously, they're gonna get more chance to do it, and we'll see if it trans- translates in the NFL. The coaching should be a little bit better than at TCU, but we'll have to see. him um, he does have a decent 40 speed, um, which again for a defensive end, it doesn't really matter how fast he can run 40 yards, it's the 10-yard splits you want to be looking at, but yeah. he did have the sixth fastest at the combine. I think he's going to be another guy who's going to be used in certain situations you know he's going to be brought on in certain packages just to use what he can do to help him you know i don't think he's at the quarterback all the time but he's got the tools needed to get to that and i think he's likely to be developed but he does need to add a bit more strength he didn't seem to be able to overpower people that much but again adding strength is much easier than most other things but again, if he works on his plan of attack against the tackles, it should help him because he's going to struggle a little bit more against the higher end tackles that we have in NFL. But yeah, I think there's definitely opportunity for him to grow. And with the Colts doing the usual uh, savvy draft trading, they picked up another second rounder and that was Rocky Sin, a cornerback out of Temple. Quality name. It is the best name in the draft. There some, <laughs> there Hunter, Renfro pretty, Hunter Renfro was good. Hunter Renfro is pretty good, but, but Rocky, Rocky Sin. Sin He's pretty decent, uh, but he's another player who looks the part for the position. As we mentioned with Mark East when we were talking about the Seahawks. He looked just like a safety. Rocky Sin looks like the ideal cornerback. He's, um, he's long, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's not slim, he's, he's got enough there, he's sinewy. He's got the necessary speed that you need to be able to keep up with you know top end wide receivers in the league. And his ability to change direction is also pretty good. And he tracks the ball well. Um, his speed means he can close in on ball more effectively and he's not afraid to hit people. And that's one thing I have noticed. Although he should and can tackle, it's not his best quality. He's more in, you know, he's more in tune to smacking someone and giving them a hit as opposed to wrapping them up, which could cause issues at times in the league. Because there's some really good receivers in this league. Like your likes of Julio Jones, who's a big guy. If he gets the ball and you just try hitting him, he's going to be able to probably take the knock, keep his balance and he's going to be off. So that'll be something hopefully that he'll be able to improve on. But he said he was actually in college. You were a, a high level wrestler, <laughs> which is you know that so probably... a decent grappling then. Exactly, he actually transferred from Temple, uh, from sorry to Temple from Presbyterian, which was dropping down from being a Division One school to um, you know to being a Division Two um, program. So obviously for his best chance to get into the draft and get picked higher. Yeah. He had to go to somewhere that had a division one which is why he went to temple yeah. and I think he's going to add some serious depth and some serious quality to the secondary I think he's got all the gifts and the ability to be a great player who can play in their scheme Um he'll have to work on his technique to have success in the NFL like I say wrapping up on tackles would be a big help and obviously the odd read error because he's playing against a better opposition when he were at temple he'll be playing it even better at the Colts but hopefully he'll be able to pick up on these things and Keep on improving, but another good pickup. I mean, I think he's going to be a starter. I don't think he's going to have to develop like Bannega is, but I do think the more premium position to the defensive end, which is probably why they took him when they took him. But
0: Rocky Sin, uh, quality pickup. You can't uh, you can't knock a lad that goes down a division rather than sort of like keeping a spot on the bench and winning the national championship. You, want, you take a step down and get get you know you get you turn it, you turn it into a starter for a lower division team. you get him more airtime, more. I did the opposite though. Did he? I yeah, he, said he went, he went from Presbyterian to Temple. Oh right, so he he gone up rounder Temple down. Temple's a
1: division one. But the thing, what Presbyterian, the division he were in, I think it were dropping down to a point where he'd be playing against pretty much. No offense to the guys, but there's no reason people are going to be watching for the draft. Right, I thought so he said he, he come to... the way, mate. Sorry, no, I probably wasn't clear enough. Huh? said like three different ways of saying it (laughs) and then again due to the great business the Colts have had in round two, the third pick in the second round and to be honest with you, I've not discussed this yet, I thought for this draft the best talent was the talent you could pick up in the second round this is exactly what I would have loved the Vikings to have done, to have multiple second round picks because I think you'd have got more value you'd have had to pay less for each player and you could have got higher rated players and more of them and I think it would, I think they've done it perfectly, the Colts, and they've picked up another position of need. It's Paris Campbell, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, one of Haskins' favorite weapons. Haskins went to the Redskins, Redskins yeah. and he was a big reason why he got a lot of yards. His main weapon is his speed. He's not particularly physical receiver. He's a little bit more. He's a bit more on speed and separation, and he did struggle with contested catches due to his size and his length um and they'll be expected to, to you know compete for catches in the nfl so that could be a bit of a problem with his speed i don't think the deep like the deep plays were on the show as much as they could have been and with andrew i mean it's a, andrew look i think he's a next level Pat. He's just below the elite in the nfl at the minute so he's a substantially better quarterback than dwayne askins in my opinion i think he's got better tools and i think he'll be able to improve paris Campbell with his passing, and I think bringing him in to play across some T.Y. Hilton, when T.Y. Hilton himself is another fast receiver, is going to create opportunities for both of them, they're both going to be able to beat off each other, and I think that's going to be one of the bigger tools for him, but one thing he did do excellently at um, Ohio State was the screen passes, and doing, doing massive pickups from the offs see where off. he so could get loads of yards after the catch, which obviously... He ended up with 4,800 yards, did Haskins, and a lot of it will come from these types of plays. Yeah. Like Terry McLaurin were doing that, who were also at Iowa State. And Paris Campbell's probably a better version of Terry McLaurin. Like I say, there's a lot, of him, a lot more for him to learn. He needs to work on his on his routes, and I think he had a very big route tree. And again, he needs to be able to get deep a bit more, work on his hands
0: a little bit. It's always development, right. isn't it? The, the step for him going from colleges to professionals is just like... Night and day, the that you think you know everything, and then you, you get that playbook, and you're like, right, I need to learn some more stuff here.
1: Yeah, like I said, it, it, if if he goes into the NFL with an you know, open mind, I can learn these routes, can learn this, but also his hands. It, it, the were times where he seemed to be like reaching football too much, and he was hitting it as opposed to you know letting it come to him. Yeah, letting it come to him. But that's all I really had on Colts. But again, three
0: second round picks for that a great business to do. Yeah, excellent work from the Colts there. Um, right. Moving uh, we on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, I looked at Jawan Taylor, the offensive tackle from Florida, they picked in round two. The first thing I wrote down about him was what's not to like. Strong in pass protection, agile and aggressive in the run blocking, uh, not content with just pancaking one defender, he'll go after another and put them on their ass as well. Um, good footwork, decent hand positioning, at worst he's, he has depth to them but I reckon he's going to start for him. I really liked Jawan Taylor coming out, a lot of people saw him as the best tackle in the draft. The
1: one thing that dropped him down, I think, is there were injury com- concerns about him that he might not last. But whenever I looked at him on tape, he was a monster. Yeah, really good. I think his preferred position is right tackle, and the right tackle spot's becoming more and more valuable now. It all switches to left tackle, but I think a lot of the play now is focused to being on either side, and they're not always focusing on the left. And he's, uh, I think, it could be a, a fantastic pickup if he could stay healthy, which hopefully for his sake he can. The Jags Christ. Yeah. <laughs> they need yeah. it, don't they? Uh I liked um some parts of the Jags draft, obviously I liked that pick. Um but the round one pick up, and this it annoyed the alarm. me to be honest. Um with the seventh pick of the first round of the twenty of the twenty nineteen draft, they picked up Josh Allen. Coincidentally, seventh pick because the Giants had pick
0: six. Oh, okay, very enough well. Matt just signalled it with a sixth pick to me there. No, just signal how many Champions League Liverpool have won. There, all right. <laughs> sorry, brought your floor crack on me. Sorry, the average convictions of the fans. <laughs> um,
1: Josh Allen uh, was picked seventh in the draft, and last season Josh Allen was picked seventh in the draft for the Bills as quarterback. Nice little nugget there for everyone, which no one else care about, but it's there. We liked it. I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never happened again. Nope, never happened again. There's actually apparently two other football players called Josh Allen who are out and about. But obviously, they're not at this level. I heard a podcast. I enjoy my podcast as well, um, where Josh Allen, the defensive um, defensive lineman, well, outside linebacker, depends where they're playing. He was actually saying that they all in, they were all in conversation with each other, <laughs> all wanting to be the best. Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, by some, Josh Allen was considered to be the best edge player. In you know, in the draft, some thought he were better than Nick so He had more upside, and some thought he was going to be going to the Jets. and thought they need an edge player. They're going to take him, but obviously the Jets took Quinn and Williams, who could be a transitional generational player. So fair play to him. Yep. The worst spot they thought Josh Allen was going to drop to was pick five, and obviously went to seven. It doesn't seem like such a massive drop to some people, you know, but to drop to seven when you could have been going in top three probably pissed him off. It pissed me off. The fact he fell to seven uh, is just Jags like, dropping on, so lucky. A lot of people thought they were going to go for the tight end, TJ Hawkinson, which I think they're going used. Yeah. But when absolutely. someone with this defensive talent is dropping to you, when you've got so much defensive talent already and some of it's coming up for contract years, if this guy pans out, it could be tremendous for him or it could just be some really good deft. Yep. It's basically just adding wealth to an already rich defensive pieces that they have there. They've got a top three defensive league already, and they've just added a top three player to it, in my opinion. It displays great get-off on snap. You know, it's explosive, and his power-sufficient. Now, he's not, like, ridiculously strong, but he's pushing tackles back. When he's coupling his quickness with the speed he does, have, it means, he's usually, you know, putting them into a pocket, his collapsing pocket. But it is he's one of the most more explosive players I've seen coming out and he can do a lot of things he displayed like great play recognition like he was dropping into coverage like within seconds it's like he seemed to know he going to know before quarterback dropping into coverage to cut off any screens and get into the player he was fast enough to chase players down he seemed to enjoy tracking him he looked really really good his counters were really good he can miss opportunities to get to where he wants to at times you know he can be held up a bit but Most of the time I thought he was playing some really good football. He was on Kentucky and obviously Kentucky aren't an amazing team. They're all right, but they're not like a top 10 team. So the rest of the talent's nowhere near what some places have. And he he looked amazing. I think he could be similar to Anthony Barr with his skill set. Obviously Barr never really plays with his hand in the mud. And Anthony Barr's perennial pro bowler. Uh, I think Josh Allen has more to his pass rush game than Barr does. So if he can do what Barr does and be better at the pass rushing, you're getting some serious quali- quality. But yeah, the, uh, it's almost unfair that he's going to a team with arguably best defence in the league. Uh, the next pick that I uh, focused on were round five. I think it's Raquel Armstead running back out of Temple. Um, this upset me this man, I'm not going to lie. I really wanted... Raquel, we had a conversation about it prior when I was sending you me 7,000 drafts, uh, Raquel tended to pop up didn't he? <laughs> Did it upset you more than the Bills draft? Uh, no. Oh, they okay, were close I mean. though. They were close. Um, another Temple uh, draft pick, I mean they <laughs> must have had some serious talent they, with all draft picks that have come out. He's basically a hammer, he runs with real power. He was one of my favourite players in the draft and in the senior bowl, he was my favourite player. He looked fantastic, he was driving ball forward. Obviously, I know there's a pro bowl feel to it, but you can still see the speed he had, the direction he had. I do think there were some odd times where I thought, right, you could have read this play a little bit better. Um, In round five, which is two rounds later than Madison, who we picked up, who's got a similar skill set, uh, it was a bit of an hard one to swallow for me because we had like a full round where we missed out on him um, it, this, thing, this guy's got real intent like I say he's got speed power but he's intent to just break those tackles you're not going to take him down with an arm tackle uh, he had one at faster 40s uh, in combine as well which you see it on tape but it surprised me that he had I don't know why I think it's just because he runs with so much power I didn't expect him to be so fast um, he's a little bit like I say he's a little bit too eager to like just get straight for it and sometimes I think that ruins his game. Misses on his patience a little yeah. bit because that, it, yeah, exactly. Because that's where you can do, the big runs can pop off them. Yeah. What I, I do see in his game, what I like, is he seems eager to run routes. he like I saw him every now and again just running these routes, getting open. But ball never really went to him. I didn't really see much from catching the ball. But the fact that he can run these routes is a bonus because chances are he can catch if he's playing. You know, he's, he's going to be playing pro ball he's a willing blocker but he goes low regularly so as I was saying to you earlier I saw some backs dropping low yeah. and he was one of them and obviously it's a dangerous thing to do um, like I say the only knocks is patience and he needs to let like, his blocks develop in front of him so he can get through um, but like I say he could end up costing himself he in an NFL by not giving these, chairs, these players opportunity to open up but a great pick in round five and uh, when we picked up ours at the end of round three it was just the same thing <laughs> but i'm not there <laughs> yeah then in round six the jags picked up gardner Minshew, a quarterback out of washington state i was watching his tape and at times i was like well it looks really good this guy some of these passes are, are beautiful and there were times i was watching and I was like i wonder how he's had to drink before the game started <laughs> i think he's basically just been brought in as some competition for cody kessler Backup quarterback. I don't think Cody Kessel is very good. He ended up starting for the Jags last year because played balls, played so, you know, so badly,
0: especially compared to his when he had leading into playoffs. That's been particularly kind to say he was playing so badly.
1: Yeah. Uh, like I say, he's, he's going to be playing behind the greatest Philadelphia quarterback of all time. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> the main positive I garnered from watching him though is his awareness in the pocket. He seemed to know exactly what was going on around him. If the pockets were starting to collapse, he had enough about him to move around. And, you know, he's, he's he, he just, he, like a sixth sense, a bit, bit like Spider-Man. You know, like a bargain basement Spider-Man. <laughs> Picking up on certain things that were going to happen and then, you know, go into what he could do, um, like escape where the pressure was coming from and then create himself enough opportunity just to at least get the ball away so he didn't get hurt. He did play in a pass-heavy offence and there seemed to be quite a lot of inaccurate passes but obviously, with being so many, maybe that had a little bit of an impact on it. Uh, but I think sometimes when he's throwing, you can see that his platform wasn't set properly. His platform, sorry, wasn't set properly, and it would have helped him in that respect. You know, if he'd, if he'd been a bit more set as he were getting the ball, out. the ball comes out pretty quick most of the time. You know, it come out of his hands pretty sharp, and he did have a bit of juice to it. But like, just a little bit too in, inconsistent with it, and um, like when the pressure did actually get a bit too much to him. Like and you see people coming, that went ball like even quicker. Like, Oh dear, I'm awake, I'm awake. But yeah, theres there's enough there for him to be able to perform but he's just gonna to need to work on his decision making, which you never know if that's gonna happen. But the fact that he's aware of what's going on around him and he can get a ball out fast, those are that could lead to him being an an N starter one day. You never know. But that's all they don't because
0: not really. Well maybe maybe Nick Foles is gonna be one to to teach him some stuff.
1: Yeah, you never know. You teach yeah. him how to win
0: a Super Bowl, maybe. Teaching really special. I'm <laughs> getting the bin. Okay, is that you done on the, uh, the Jaguars? Yeah. Right, we'll move on to the the, tennis, the, uh, the Texans. Sorry, uh, I I looked at the offensive tackle at of North Illinois, Illinois in round two. Max Schrapping. Uh I think it's Sharping. Call himself, himself what he wants, mate. I'm just reading what I can see. Um, <laughs> It'll be absolutely fine if he can improve against fast head rushers. Um as that's the only situation I really saw him struggle again. In um, it looked like he were chasing at the end rather than blocking him uh, and if you don't your problem that he'll get in alive uh, <laughs> like a dog yeah he yeah. was just him him. If, he, if he was Von square Mellis up on someone trouble, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you, I'd, I'd cause him trouble I don't even know how to play the end he just anyone fast he just <laughs> look at me yeah he's <laughs> like oh look at that guy oh wait a minute Josh, John's Josh, blocking Josh him. Allen could have caused him trouble from him <laughs> Yeah, he's he's not gonna have a good day against the Jags if he's if Yannick and Gotway <laughs> eat him alive. Well, Callie's gamble could eat him alive anyway. He'd have to run fast. That man's a monster. That and making me up right on Texans?
1: Yeah, Texans in round two. They picked up Lonnie Johnson, uh, cornerback out of Kentucky. The other decent player out of Kentucky, uh, not fried chicken. No, it's the college. And really he sounds up. like a country and western singer. It does Lonnie Johnson <laughs> his his new album, Cornerback Kid? <laughs> 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 yeah he, his stock took a jump in, uh, in senior ball because he had a great ponds in it. again I've, I've explained what senior ball is before but it's basically all the seniors and the juniors who've declared for the draft they play in a game north, north versus south and it's basically like a college pro ball but it's for everyone to display their ability um, people go watch the practice and everything but in the actual game Lonnie Johnson had a, a great game Um if you look at him and you look down on like what he can do and you look at his physical attributes and what he did at Combine and stuff, it all points to him being a brilliant cornerback. But the one thing that doesn't show him as a great cornerback is the tape. <laughs> so he's fast and he's got all these measurables that look fantastic. But then you watch him play and he's like, he gives up separation quite often. He's short and lateral you know he's, he's short and lateral passes he doesn't seem to be able to keep with people he doesn't close them down he doesn't have good mirroring ability with the players man coverage will be no good to him he'd have to play in his own scheme just to have any real you know any real success uh, in NFL because like I say if you can't keep up like Stephon Diggs if Stefan Diggs are playing against this guy and with Diggs' drought, it's unbelievable, this guy's going to be lost he's going to be halfway upfield and Stefan <laughs> Diggs is going to be catching ball somewhere and it's going to just cause him some serious issues um, he needs to work on his technique, but with his measurables, NFL coach is going to look at him and go, "I can improve him. I can make him better." And maybe they can. He does have a lot of strength and his his ability to come about. But like, if that ball hits me he's going to be gone, and he's going to he can get you that pick six that you want. But um, I just didn't see enough on tape of him, you know, keeping with receivers, closing him down, doing that much of a good job. But like I say, with some good coaching, he could be a dangerous player. It sounds like he's got all the pieces, but now to put the puzzle together. Yeah. Yeah. Bit like me. In round three, that's when I'm trying to read me notes. I've got a whole, like puzzle I'm trying to put together. What does this say? What does this say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The next pick was round three Calais wearing. And as you can see it I phonetically wrote it down, so
0: when I say it. Oh, that'll be you write it down to read it out will the words, yeah. He used crayon for that one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Calais wearing a tight end out of San Diego State. This lucky devil is about the same size as me. Six foot five and 250 pounds. <laughs> With at least 100% more hair. Has he got,
0: has he got curly <laughs> flowing hair or is he just, just just more hair?
1: He has an helmet on, I yeah. couldn't tell you. He definitely had more though. <laughs> uh, he wasn't in the best offence at San Diego State. But what jumped off the uh, screen to me was his execution of routes. They were really crisp, they really well. Good snap in his hips, you know. As he were separating from players, he looked really good. His movements are really sharp. And quite often he... Uh, Yeah, like like I was saying, he were open quite often due to having good routes. But for a tight end he had good speed as well. And what I saw with his hands, well, he was making some excellent catches, you know, tough grabs at times. He looked good in contested catches. Um using his length and his frame to box off people to be able to get the ball into himself. But there were times where he looked to have some like con- like concentration, you know, he lost losing sight of balls so then he'd like, Oh you know, it's it's arrived a bit earlier or a bit later than he expected and he's dropped it. Which obviously is something you need to work on to go into NFL with, um, and there's there's some of them balls you'd be like, why is he not bringing that? I'm just seeing him make a one-handed catch, or I'm just seeing him pick a ball out of like someone's chest. But um, I think the ceiling's pretty high for him, and I think there's a chance he a good. It uh, could become a good weapon for Deshaun Watson, who could use tight end as you know that safety valve. Sometimes you just need a guy who can. Even, it could help with blocking. His blocking it's improved if you're looking year upon year. His his blocking's got a lot better. Uh, it's not perfect but you can work on it and in Texans offense you need to make blocking a, a big part of your tight end game. It's a big necessity after last season's exploit. Otherwise Deshaun Watson's gonna end up like Derek uh, like David Carr did. He took Morrison a yeah, last year, didn't he? Didn't you? It ridiculous. And then in round five, a defensive end from Texas, Charles Amenahu. And here's another big, uh, big boy, another lad too, who looks like he's been on the Eddie Edwards diet plan. <laughs> six foot six and two hundred seventy-five pound. Um, as you can imagine, his best asset is his length and his, uh, his, his size. And his stomach capacity. It's <laughs> not yeah, sort of like stretch Armstrong arms as well as arms are really really long, and it really helps with tackling. He adds a lot to run like his one stopping ability. He's capable of having a quick first step and at times he's erratic so sometimes it's like the burst good and then good strength another time it's like oh he must have been put on like second gear today because he's not getting out and it, like I say his length were good because obviously he's getting into the chest and then he's using that length and strength to push people even further back I mean some of them could have been under uh, <laughs> under sticks for how long his arms were um, but like I say the speed's not amazing but um you're going to use this guy probably as your defensive end in a free 4 scheme he's going to be there basically run stopping most of the time right he will make his efforts to get to the passer but he's not got that speed that you'd need for him like if it's a, if a like when it gets to your your third and 12 or your third and tens this isn't a guy you're going to have on pitch a no. guy who's there's going to be no point having him on he's just going to be there for when you need someone to just consistently stop the run and you Keep know be it in long yards rather than short yards exactly uh, is going to add some depth you know if, if Clowney stays he'll be there to add to that TJ Watt, Dedevion Clowney um, like front line that they've got he's going to be someone who they can bring in let them have a bit of a rest who can do similar things but obviously on that level Um it's about as flexible as a lamppost isn't <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got he's just a big stiff looking guy Um his counters and his technique need more consistency sometimes he can look pretty good sometimes he can look pretty poor so that's a bit of an issue but again, he's big, he's strong. There's some athleticism. And he's had his best year at Texas this year. He's looked at his best that he's been. So hopefully the next step now is to improve on last year and he couldn't do. But all in all, I wasn't really impressed with the Texans draft. I think the best players like Calais wearing, I think that's the best pick-up for me, with value as well. could be pretty good.
0: Sound, right. Are we moving on? Yeah. Okay then, finally we'll wrap this up with the, uh, the Tennessee Titans. That's fair um, relief, isn't it? <laughs> have <That's amazing. laughs> watched a lot of tape Yeah, put square eyes from it mate Right, uh, I looked at the offensive guard slash tackle, shocker out of North Carolina they picked up in uh, round 3 Nate Davis, he's a thumping run blocker who really finishes a block never never goes up on a play, stout pass protection excellent footwork and hands comfortable at guard or tackle a round 3 starter, nice work by the Titans Ed? I, I'm very impressed by Nate Davis as well as you may have noticed in a couple of my mock drafts <laughs> <I> said,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, Tennessee Titans I think they're doing some really good work in draft um, for some of the things that we've been working now, looking at the roster and there's, there's a lot of talent there and a lot of it's young but the first pick up that they had in round one was Jeffrey Simmons a defensive tackle out of Mississippi State at pick 19 the Titans picked up a player who if he weren't injured he would have been a top five pick easily I think he was the closest player to Quinn and Williams in the draft, and some people thought that he was going to end up being a better player. He was playing on a worse team, Quinn and Williams, and Alabama. He was yeah, Mississippi, yeah, Mississippi. Yeah. and there, are, you know, there were some other good players on that team, Jonathan and first round, and Montez Sweat were a first rounder. But when this guy's popping off the screen more than those guys, it says a lot about how good he is. And I think what the techs, uh sorry, the Titans have done. No offense, Titans fans. <laughs> Um the reason that they've waited for him and took him at this stage is the potential's there to be an all pro talent. He could be, you know, a perennial all pro. His penetration ability is amazing. Quick off snap, burst through that line with regularity. He's in that backfield in no time. He can get after you running backs. Um he does seem to be collapsing pocket I don't know why I laugh then. <laughs> he does seem to be collapsing the pocket in a, on every play. And his speed and, and his footwork for his size is really, really impressive. And he doesn't seem to slow down. seems to have a good engine. seems to constantly play. Um, his hands are getting into the defender's chest, like, pretty much straight away. And he's just, boom, is second in where he wants want to put him. You can see his disruption and what it's led to for people like, say, Montez sweating everyone. Because he gets in there, he disrupts everything that's going on. And then these other guys with all this talent as well just coming in and feeding off him. I honestly think that him and monta Sweat rivalled the Clemson D-line which obviously had three first rounds. and I think this line, if you'd have been happy with having those two compared to the other three, I think the talent there was really, really good. When you consider those two lines had five first round picks from him, it's pretty, pretty impressive. His eagerness to get into the backfield has left some um, lanes because he's not, you know, his, his, his gaps he's leaving are just making opportunities for running backs at times it's not all the time but it's occasional um and a lot of times like it were quick enough to get back to like to stop the runs developing too much yep. but again with that explosive ability and with like all these gifts without the injury
0: he's going to mess up a lot of offensive game plans he's going to be a tremendous player i just need to interject here with an apology for the uh, the Tennessee Titans fan and he said Titan fans, there's obviously only one of you. We don't want to get excited and think there's another one out there. Um sorry so guys. Dogger looking for no guy. Or oh, Galskills. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe that's why you think there's more than one fan, but I don't yeah. want get get excited, I think there's more than one of you, okay? <laughs> Doggo looking for him. Only you. Just the you. <laughs> In round two, the Titans picked up another player
1: who I we were impressed with. Uh, wide receiver, AJ Brown, out of all miss. Played alongside DK Metcalf who's the combine king, as we all heard about him. He's, you know, he's the next Odell Beckham Jr. with half the talent. He um, didn't get as much attention, didn't he, Brown? Uh, but for me, he was a better all-round receiver. He were had good routes. He was able to use them to create space. And even like, when we are in contested catch situations, his skill set it meant he could get to the ball. He doesn't have elite speed, and he wasn't used vertically too often, which I don't think he will be in the NFL. But um, in the slot, I think he's going to be a massive like asset and obviously when you call about someone like Mariota who's not gonna be lobbing balls deep all the time, this guy could end up being a, a, a weapon for him, he could help him take the next step himself. Um and that's that's what they need. His short to intermediate threat to a defence is is amazing. He's got great run after ability and he can just pick that ball up and get you those much needed yards and break off runs to get you touchdowns. Um he's got real competitive toughness and when the ball's in his hands he just he don't care. He's going straight forward. And his strength for a smaller guy, he's pretty impressive as well. He's been definitely eating his wee <laughs> his, his, Like I say, his routes, his yards after to catch, his strength, they all come off screens,
0: back, pop off screens. So two good picks so far if this injury pans out for him. It'd be nice someone throwing him ball that's a spiral rather than a UFO. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, um, but yeah, the old Miss quarterback didn't seem too terrific, did it, let's no. be fair? All they those weapons.
1: Well, that's Georgia. What we're talking about, we didn't like Jake from, but like oh, so yeah, the old well. missing quarterback, with, like a DK Metcalf, and then um, obviously this guy as well, and he they won't light up the league. So no, didn't make sense. In round five, the they picked up DeAndre Walker, who is from Georgia, and the outside linebacker. And this pick could be a bargain. So like in draft, this guy again to another person who were injured before the draft started, and it's shown what he like. I think he's going to be able to take advantage of Mike Vrabel, who was a linebacker when he played a very good one at that. Yeah. And his knowledge is going to really help Walker. Um, Walker's got good athletic ability and his skill set is best to playing a free-for as an outside linebacker. He's shown great ability to defend against a run, which is what you need to be able to do in league. And it's ideal for Vrabel in that league, in that division. So they do, they've got some brilliant passes in Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck, but you got Jags who are going to run the ball. Colts still won the ball to play up, to open on the play action. Exactly the same for Texans, so having someone who's going to be able to marshal that type of thing is going to be pretty good for him. Yep. Uh, I think he'll most likely be played in early downs and in the obvious, taken out for obvious passing situations until his technique's improved and he can like dis- display that his improvements there. It shows, um, it shows he's got a limited ability to counter against decent tackles, you know, when he's coming on edge like he can't really beat him if they're if they've got a good quality to him he's like jonah williams type person swat him away but his upside could be great especially with a super performance with winning linebacker training him and you've seen videos of him online you know going through with stuff with deandre walk so he's obviously seen something there but like i say he, uh, he needs to get his pass rushing plan and his hand fighting worked on
0: and he could I think he could be, end up being something special working under Variable. Yeah, Variable's going to—he sounds like a really, someone, someone you want coaching. Someone you run through walls for. So uh, yeah, uh, can't say that been a problem for him. Oh. Thank God, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the draft
1: <laughs> section of the of the podcast.
0: Goodness grief! Right, next
1: week we're talking
0: about cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I better get get me notes sorted then. Uh, okay, thank you for listening. Uh, if you like what you've heard give us a subscribe and tell your friends and if you don't like what you've heard this has been an evening with blake balls any questions or if you think we're telling we're doing something wrong let us know by getting in touch at eddie and matt okay, tc, at gmail.com next time